Bear Books presents Ending Samsara, written by JW Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 1, Chapter 30, A Lie About a Liver Jordana could not pretend that the media at large had not taken a huge ethical nosedive in her lifetime or even during the briefer period she'd been truly cognizant of current affairs. Undisclosed agendas and collusion from special interest groups had made the landscape of journalism quite unrecognisable from what it had once been. There now appeared to be a pervasive erosion of professionalism and integrity in her field. Whether she chose to remain willfully ignorant to this was almost irrelevant, but at present she'd be hard-pressed to defend the accusation that she was a key contributor to this deliberate and systematic demobilisation of the quest for truth. Over time, she undoubtedly started to place two things higher than any noble consideration, money and prestige, and neither reward made it easier to look at herself in the mirror each day. The office floor was presently buzzing with two stories in particular, the brutal stabbing and subsequent death of one of the most famous musicians in the world, and the dishonourably sourced discovery that Zach Hedonis had chosen to donate an organ and save the life of a child in Florida. Concerning the latter, it wasn't only the unscrupulous means of obtaining the information that was so patently egregious, the bribing of a clerical worker from the hospital, It was the deliberate altering of the facts to present a more provocative story. Jordana knew that the deceased rock star had actually donated a kidney to the girl, but her own outlet, TerraCast, who'd successfully secured the exclusive interview with the family, and therefore the most appraised version of the story, were running with the lie that it was a liver transplant. The reason for this deliberate twisting of the truth was clear. Zach Hadonis was a notorious drinker, The tales of his tolerance for booze were about as renowned as his music. The news then, despite it being entirely false, of a young girl being saved by the hardest working liver in show business, sounded like a modern excerpt from folklore. When the parents caught wind of this invented detail, they threatened to withdraw their permission. Mr O'Malley, the editor she'd once respected, had apparently made the call to continue regardless. After all, Why let a trivial thing like the truth get in the way of a good story? Jordana had no personal involvement in the piece, and she could not be held professionally accountable for its propagation. Simply knowing the truth, however, and working for the company responsible for peddling it, was enough to leave her deeply unsettled. Today was her day off, which meant very little. She'd ventured into the office to follow up some leads and was irritated to find that the liver exclusive was still the story on everyone's lips. While not everyone knew it was a fabrication, she did, and it made being there unbearable. Two hours at her desk that morning was all she could tolerate. Jordana had taken to drinking more frequently in recent weeks. A bad day at work was an excuse to stop off at the off-licence before she caught her train home, and there were always more bad days than good ones. She'd barely made it to noon that day before she felt the urge to find a bar. Edgar, another catalyst of her self-loathing, was visiting her in the early evening. She distracted herself with shopping for a couple of hours and spent an eye-watering amount of money on a new jacket. 
The siren call of spirits was too powerful to ignore by 2pm, though. She soon found herself alone in the corner of a whiskey bar, tackling her second double on the rocks. Edgar said that he had a table booked for six o'clock, which meant she'd perhaps be graced with his presence at seven. When she felt the warmth of the liquor start to slowly melt her worries away, she called an old friend. Jordana, to what do I owe this pleasure? Just wanted to hear your voice, she replied. Is now a bad time? Not at all. Where are you? It sounds noisy. Oh, just in a cafe. I was trying to do a little research, but I got distracted. This cafe, do they serve alcohol by any chance? Coach asked. Jordana saw no reason to continue with the facade. They might do. I don't mean to be a killjoy, but is it not a little early for that? It's my day off, said Jordana. She took a sip of her drink almost in defiance. I would have come here earlier, to be honest. I see. Maybe it's time to address this properly. Why do you think this is? Why what is? Why you're drinking alone in the early afternoon? And why you'd have started sooner? You sound like a therapist. I dabble. Something in the way Coach said this made Jordana pause in reflection. She'd never asked if her friend had any formal training, but a background in psychology did not seem out of the question. This is just a conversation between friends, though. OK, Jordana sighed. Lots of reasons. It seems you recognise that you might be developing a bit of a problem. I'm handling it. And you're fully aware that this particular method is just a mask, right? Jordana hesitated. Her instinct was to go on the offensive. Then she remembered who she was talking to. Yes, I'm aware. Tell me what you're masking. Jordana was surprised by the sudden shakiness in her own voice. Oh, coach, I just don't know how I got here. She wasn't one for crying, even the slight perception of wetness around her eyes made her feel weak. How you got to wear? Just like you said, drinking alone in the early afternoon. She sniffed. I know my personal life was always a bit rocky. Even my career feels like a sham these days. What's changed? It's been a gradual decline, death by a thousand cuts. A little compromising of integrity here. A little caving to pressure there. I feel like I don't even know who I am anymore. Fill me in. Oh, God, coach, it's everything, she sighed. Have you heard about Zach Hedonis? The line was silent. Yes, coach said flatly. Well, we're running with a side story at the moment about a girl being donated his liver. I see. It's not even true. For one, we shouldn't have that story, and the details aren't even right. Jordana ran her hand down her face. It was kidney donation. This is remarkable enough, but they had to go and stretch it, and that's not the worst part. No? The parents caught wind of it. Understandably, they're not happy. So, surely Terracast will have to change it? Yeah, you'd think so, but no, we're doubling down. Jordana sighed. It's all just so gross. I saw the deal we offered the family. We said we'd cover all their hospital fees. We're telling them to take it or leave it. With everything they've been through, I think they're going to cave. 
It's not your story though, is it? No, but by not speaking out, I feel like I've enabled it. I got into journalism to report the truth. I can't even look at myself in the mirror these days. What else is bothering you? Coach said, seemingly keen to change the subject. Oh God, the Edgar Lombard interview? Obviously I landed that because I'm sleeping with him. And now everyone in the office knows it. How do you feel it went, the interview? Honestly, I let him off easy. I knew what questions I should have asked and I deliberately held back. Coach paused. Tell me what it would take to make you look at yourself in the mirror again. Real and honest journalism, Jordana said without a trace of hesitation. But no one seems to care about that at Terracast. Are you financially stable at the moment? Jordana was caught off guard by the question. Yeah, I guess. Why? Then it seems like the time is right for drastic action. Are you saying I should quit? Look, you're a talented reporter. Tons of agencies out there would be lucky to have you. If you feel like Terracast has lost its way, then move on. Get back to helping publish the truth. You're being hard on yourself, but it sounds like you need to be. If integrity is really the most important thing, take stock and find your way back to it. She was really blubbering now. You're right. You're so right, coach. Making a great living is all well and good, but if it's leading you to drinking and feeling like crap, then what's the point? Jordana felt like a veil had been lifted, a clearer, simpler path had been opened up for her. She felt stupid for not being able to identify it before. I'm going to do it, coach. As soon as I end this call, I'm plotting my escape. Good, coach replied. What else is bothering you? I mean, I have a pretty good idea. Edgar. Yeah, thought so. Everyone knew about my father's infidelities. I think I was as young as 12 or 13 when I first became aware. I remember the galas and parties my mum and I were invited to and the procession of interns and assistants we were being stayed clear of. The bimbos caked in makeup who always seemed to hug him for a little too long. I hated these women, coach, and here I am doing the same thing. She let out a sardonic laugh. I just feel like he's got such a hold over me. But why? It's just the way he makes me feel, like I'm the most important person in the world. More important than his wife? His family? Sometimes, maybe, I I don't know. I think you know more than you're letting on. Has he ever discussed leaving her? Have you ever brought it up? Jordana dropped her head. No. Then don't you think it's time you did? That is, if you really can't stand feeling this way, being the other woman. He won't leave her. You're certain of this? Yes. If that's the case, I think you know what you should do. Jordana was silent. She laughed simply to stop herself from crying again. God, coach, knowing all this about me, how are we still even friends? You're not a bad person, Jordana. Okay, your decisions are sometimes questionable, but I don't judge you for them. I just want you to do the things that make you happy. Thank you. Jordana suddenly felt guilty. 
Coach, I hardly ask about you. How have you been? To be honest, it's been quite a rough couple of days. Oh, do you, uh, want to talk about it? It made her uncomfortable to ask. It wasn't just that her friend's woes were never discussed. She also felt ill-equipped like a mortal offering advice to a god. No, it's okay. Everyone has their own way of dealing with things. I handle things alone. I hope I don't sound too secretive. It's just the path I've chosen. Oh, okay. While Jordana may have probed further with anyone else, such was their dynamic that she gave Coach their privacy. Well, whatever is going on, I hope things get better. Thank you. No, thank you for everything. After ending the call, Jordana thought of ordering another scotch. When she spoke to the waiter, however, she experienced a change of heart. Just a black coffee, she said, and can I order a snack? Clear-headedness was important, she now decided. She opened her laptop and used the remaining time left to her to peruse networking sites and sift through a series of job vacancies. She felt like a woman possessed. Before long, she'd compiled a substantial list. By 4.45pm, the fleeting haze experienced from the alcohol had dissipated and she was emboldened by the drive of productivity. This new attitude shifted her expectations of the rest of her day. When she'd awoken that morning, her mind was entirely occupied with Edgar. He was her release, her way of escaping herself, but he'd now been relegated to the realms of mere distraction. Though she still wanted to see him, the thought of being in his presence no longer seemed to hold the same significance. She considered her current problem-solving state and how drunkenness had typically been the recurring by-product of all their interactions. After another productive hour, she reapplied her makeup in the bathroom and made the short walk to the restaurant. Table for two under the name of Lombard, she said to the maitre d'. On hearing the surname, he became instantly more attentive. Of course, madam, right this way. He led her to a discreet table at the far corner of the restaurant. Their tables were always situated in such places, out of the way, never in areas that other patrons would need to navigate by. As usual, Edgar was late. To drink? asked a waitress a few minutes after she was seated. Sparkling water, she responded. My friend will order when he arrives. She knew he'd likely be attended to the second he sat down. The obedient servers always distinguished him from any other guest. At 6.45pm, Edgar arrived, full of charm and apologies. While ordinarily his lateness was forgiven without a thought, this evening she couldn't help but feel slightly irritated. She tried in vain to recall a single occasion when he'd honoured their meeting time. To drink, sir? queried the same waitress before he'd even removed his jacket. A bottle of your finest cabernet, please. Very good, sir. This is a 1982 vintage from the Arteza Vineyards, Napa Valley. Excellent. The bottle and two glasses, please. Oh, I'm fine with water for now, said Jordana. Nonsense. He turned to the waitress. Two glasses, please. The waitress paid Jordana a fleeting glance before nodding and hurrying away. Edgar flashed a set of perfectly white teeth. Oh, the day I've had, he huffed. How good it is to see you and just wind down for a while. 
She considered the for a while at the end of his sentence and recognised that as this likely extended to an hour or two at the restaurant and the subsequent hour or so at her apartment. You look stunning as always. Thanks, she said meekly. What kept you? Oh, you know, the usual. Sometimes I wonder why I hire so many people when I end up making half of the decisions for them. He shook his head and placed a napkin across his lap. How was your day? Not bad. Spent a little time at the office this morning. I've actually been considering finding a new job. Really? But you love Terracast. He smiled. Do I not recall you telling me how our interview had rocketed your status there? Status isn't everything, Jordana replied. She studied his face for a moment, the lines on his forehead and around the eyes. Even though the hair plugs and dye made him appear younger than his years, she now found herself wondering why she'd be attracted to a man two decades her senior. None of her previous partners had been any more than a year or two older, and they'd all been broad and athletic. Although not in bad shape, Edgar was neither of these things. It was unquestionably his confidence that had captivated her most, the unwavering self-assurance, the power. Not everything, no, but it certainly helps. Why the sudden change of heart? It's not so sudden, really. I've become increasingly unhappy with the direction the company is taking. While Jordana was answering, the waitress returned with the wine. After testing it, he nodded for her to fill both their glasses. To be honest, she said, distracted by her wine glass, I'm not thrilled with the direction my own career is taking. I want to get back to reporting that means something to me. Now that, my dear, is admirable, he said. He raised his glass. To journalistic integrity. Jordana smiled and raised her own. Small sips, she reminded herself, and immediately washed it down with a mouthful of sparkling water. She hoped that Edgar hadn't noticed, but he was nothing if not astute. Not in a drinking mood, he asked. I've done a little too much of that lately, I think. Fair enough. This took the wind from his sails somewhat. They followed a brief, awkward silence. It did not take him long to return to his usual ebullient self and his ability to make everyone feel like the most important person in the room also returned. He discussed a few ventures he had in the pipeline and asked for her input with apparent great interest. She felt far from qualified to comment. When the waitress scurried back to take their order, he politely dissuaded Jordana from her original menu selections, impressing that the venue was renowned for its red meat. She settled on a fillet steak cooked medium. He scoffed at this as well, and she eventually compromised on medium rare. After explaining where he'd flown to in the week and what had brought him there, he qualified each visit with his longing for her company at such and such an establishment and point of interest coupled with vague suggestions of them attending them together. Does your wife never want to accompany you? She found herself asking him. She wouldn't appreciate it, he replied dismissively. She does not share your worldly views or experience. This she found difficult to believe. Marisha was a former fashion model, undoubtedly well-travelled herself, and at ten years older, evidently not without experience. Where does she think you are right now? 
Jordan felt emboldened to ask, undeterred by the wrinkling this prompted in his brow. I'm sure she has an idea, Edgar shrugged, and his shoulders remained rigid thereafter. Why are we talking about her? Why not, said Jordana, taking another sip of water. Because I came to see you, I want to forget about her for a while. Why don't you leave her if she makes you feel this way? You know my reasons. The children. Reluctance to halve the entirety of my wealth in one fell swoop. I wish things were not so terribly complicated. Oh yeah, to go from being a triple-figure billionaire to a measly double-figure one, how on earth would you cope? Edgar laughed. There is a little more at play than that. Besides, there are other issues. Custody, stability for the boys. This present arrangement is imperfect, but it's functional. Maybe for you it is. Come on, my princess. Edgar spoke softly, seductively. Do we not have fun together? Did we not have such a beautiful time in Miami? So I should just settle on being the other woman? Just a mistress sneaking around with you behind closed doors? Please, you are so much more than that. Edgar leaned in, lowering his voice further. Jordana, you know I love... Don't say it. Jordana shook her head and looked away. I've told you before not to say that to me. But I mean it. You're the one I care about. You're the one I want to be with. Then I think you have a choice to make. Princess, what are you saying? He smiled. Are you giving me an ultimatum? I guess I am. Jordana could hardly believe the words coming out of her mouth. Decide which one of us you want to be with. Please, he scoffed. You know I can't do that. Then I guess I'm done. His face twitched. Something about these words had struck him differently. You're done, he said, incredulous. If you can't make any serious kind of commitment, then yes, I think we should call it a day. His eyes were utterly disbelieving. You don't really mean that. He briefly looked around the room. Why don't we wait until we get back to your place and discuss this properly, in private? No, Edgar. What more is there to discuss? You're, you're really going to walk away from this, from me? He was frowning, no longer speaking softly. She'd never seen the vein in his temple look so pronounced. Yes, I've said my piece. If you have nothing more to add, I'm calling a cab. She reached for her phone. He raised his voice. You're being crazy. I don't know what's got into you, but you're not thinking straight. Funny, I think this is the most rationable I've been in months. You're going to regret this, he said forcibly, almost a threat. She smirked and saw how much it riled him. You don't get rejected very often, do you, Edgar? Ha, he spat. You're nothing special, you know. I could have a thousand girls like you with a click of my fingers. Wow. Jordana's eyes widened. The comment surprised her, but not nearly as much as she would have expected. Though he was showing his true colours for the first time, it was as if she'd always known they were there, hiding behind a thin but charming veneer. Thank you for making this so much easier than I thought it would be. Shaking her head, she unlocked her phone and opened the app to order a taxi. This is how I'm repaid for everything I've done for you, for your career. She finished ordering her taxi, rolling her eyes as she did so. 
Goodbye, Edgar, she said as she rose to her feet. Goodbye, you ungrateful slut, he tossed his napkin on the table. She glared at him. Her knee-jerk reaction was to say something insulting, a cheap, derisive comment about his age or manhood. For whatever reason, however, she thought of Coach and what they might have done. A tranquil awareness overcame and pacified her. She simply locked eyes with him, smirked once more and casually pulled on her jacket. Her expression said more than any words could have conveyed. Jordana entertained herself on the taxi ride home by scrolling through social media. When this became boring, she moved on to internet threads, sure to avoid any advice columns. Those days are over, she thought to herself. She eventually came upon a Reddit page that had generated a good deal of interest. How significantly can you affect another person's life without ever meeting them? Was its title. Before long, she was drawn to a response she thought was particularly ignorant. I won't deny that you can have an effect on someone without actually meeting them. The cesspool that is the internet has clearly bolstered this, but I think the key word here is significant. I personally don't feel like I've ever been significantly moved by a total stranger's actions or vice versa. It's a big old world we live in. All the meaningful ways my life have been affected have come as a result of the actions of people distinctly in my circle, not some keyboard warrior on the other side of the globe. How stupid, the journalist thought, almost compelled to write a response. She peered through her window at the heavy, slow-moving congestion. She'd make it a long one. If you'd like to learn more about JW Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Books Podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode.